0: This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. We'll get back now into our study. We've been studying on the Holy Spirit and the, the, uh, the types of the Holy Spirit that we see in the Word of God. Um, I think many times the more I, I look at this and study it is that I see that the Lord is, is using different things and symbols in the Bible, throughout the Bible, and they, they kind of represent to people so they can understand something different taking place. Something different is happening. And we talked about at first in Genesis how the Holy Spirit was in reference to the wind, the breath of God, those type of things that when it came And when those things came to pass, people knew that something was happening out of the ordinary. And uh, even on the day of Pentecost, when it was the sound of the rushing mighty wind. And then, of course, they were filled and they went from that point having boldness to go out and reach others for the gospel. Now you're talking about a group of fellows that that, that wasn't ready to do that until that came on them and filled them and then they were, hey, let's, let's go here and, and get disciples for Jesus. And thousands and thousands were saved and baptized and added to the church because they had that power within them to go and do those things. They, they was not afraid to do it. And they paid in their, in their own life to serve the Lord like that. And we will even talk a little bit about that today. I think another reason that we have that infilling of the Holy Spirit within us is that people will see a difference in our life and we'll have that boldness to speak to others. We'll have that, that thing within us that helps us to go to the right places, say the right things. And so it is very important. Last time we taught, we talked about Samson. And we talked about how the Spirit of God came upon him mightily. And what happened when it came upon him mightily? He was able to do some miraculous things and it wasn't by his might. In fact, when he finished killing all of those Philistines, he was about to die of thirst. He he felt like he was going to perish and he probably would have. So God showed us it wasn't him, it wasn't his strength, but it was the Lord within him. It was the Spirit of God that had moved mightily upon him to be able to just take those double cords, new ropes, and just come off of him like they were melted. And, and then be able to take a jawbone of an ass and kill all of those with that crude little instrument. So mightily things happen. And we certainly can't uh, cover everything in the Bible, every time the Spirit of God moved upon people, we will try to hit some highlighted things and, and different ones along the way. Today is a very unique one, a very important one. And, and we go all the way over to Matthew chapter 3. They They'll have it up on the board, uh, on the screen, uh, or you can turn in your Bible. Uh, and of course, you know the story in the Gospels of John baptizing Jesus. And this is the story here, the first account in the first Gospel of Matthew. We will touch on the other Gospels just a little bit, just to, just to reference the one, different ones and how the wording was about, about the Holy Spirit coming on the scene here. Uh, so let's read that, and I want to pay attention to a few uh, key words in that chapter there. Uh, Matthew 3, verse number 1 we'll start at. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was John's message. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. So we know that John's had a mission, he had a job, he had a ministry of not only preaching repentance, but he was preparing the way for Christ as he came on the scene. He was a strange looking fellow. Uh, The same John had his raiment of camel hair, a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. And studying a little bit about John, John, and we'll touch on this too at the end of the lesson, because in reference to Jesus, so being so close to Jesus, but yet uh, his wording uh, seems strange. But John lived quite a ways away from Jesus during those days, when from birth up to baptism, and and John actually lived out in the wild areas most of the time, So probably that's why he. Uh, wore these things and ate like that. Verse 5, Then went out to Him Jerusalem and all of Judea and all the region round about Jordan. So we find Him coming to a place, and that is the uh, Jordan River, and were baptized of Him in Jordan, confessing their sins. So John's message went forth, and many, many received that message, and they repented of their sins and were baptized. And when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come. So not only did he have a following of people coming to want uh, to be saved and baptized, but he also had this bunch that were there, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were always looking at him, watching him, seeing what he was saying and doing and so forth. He didn't mind preaching to them either. Bring forth therefore fruits, meat for repentance, and think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father, For well, I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. He knew that they would always have an excuse. And now also the axe is laid into the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down, and cast into fire. Jesus, of course, reemphasized that later on in His preaching as well. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So when we're saved under the Lord Jesus Christ, we we receive the Holy Ghost within us when we are saved. And John wants to reference and say, listen, I'm baptizing here in the water. I'm not baptizing and that you have the Holy Ghost. I'm not saving you. I'm not doing those things. You know, it's, that's a thing today. A lot of people feel like they get in that pool back there. That's all they need to do. And that's going to get them to heaven, and that's not going to happen. You're going to go down to a dry center and come up a wet center if you don't know the Lord as your, as your Savior. And I'm afraid that many times there are churches, pastors that lead people astray in that, in that thinking. And I hate to see that because what that does is give them, give them a, a false hope. It gives them, okay, I'm okay now. You know, I joined that church or I I was baptized. And a lot of times when you talk to somebody about their salvation, that's the things that they'll tell you. Oh, I belong to so and so church. Oh, I was baptized back in so and so. Well, when did you give your heart to Christ? When did you ask Him to come into your life? When did you do that? Well, I'm not, you know, I didn't do that. I didn't need to do all of that. I did this. So, uh, John, of course, lets, lets them know what's going on. Verse 12. Whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the gardener, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. I can only imagine the Sadducees, the Pharisees hearing these words, and they don't like it at all. They don't like what John is saying, but John's laying it out there and saying, Listen, there's a difference here going on in Christ and and out of Christ. <clears throat> you're either you're either saved or you're lost. Now, all of a sudden, in the middle of all of this, John's preaching, he's baptizing, he's teaching, he's doing all these things. Verse 13, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of Him. What a day that must have been. Jesus, John has been telling about Jesus. He's been telling Him who is coming. And then all of a sudden, there He is. John recognized Him. And John had that humble attitude. You remember he said, I don't don't even feel worthy to to unloose his sandals. I'm, I'm that type of individual. And here Jesus is saying, I want you to baptize me. Wow. So John forbade him saying, I have need to be baptized of thee. And comest thou to me, Verse 15, Jesus answering, said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. So he's, he's, Jesus is like, you know, I, I get what you're saying, John. But I'm asking you to do this. This is what you need to do. And John's saying, I'm going to do it. So verse 16, very important. Jesus, when He was baptized went up straightway out of the water, and lo, have you ever noticed this? The heavens were opened unto Him. How about that? He comes up out of the water. He's been baptized. And looking up, the heavens were opened unto Jesus. They were in a, in a way that, that Jesus could just look up all the way up into heaven. Now, I don't know if John could see that all the way up there. I don't know if anyone else could see any of that. I studied that and I looked it over and over again. But the the thing that's important was something happened when those heavens opened up. They opened up to him and he saw the Spirit of God, which would be the Holy Spirit, descending like a what? Dove. So I'm entitled today, Like a Dove. We had the wind. We had the, the strength of the Holy Spirit moving mightily upon Samson. And now we have the dove. The form of a dove. Not just any bird. But this particular form, this particular dove. And once again, I think it's a reason behind that. It didn't have to be A dove, it didn't have to be anything. But I think in order for people to understand something, something was happening important here. They needed to see that. And they did. And it was lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we don't have time to go to teach on the Trinity today, but we certainly have a great picture of the Trinity, which a lot of people once again have a problem with trying to believe what the Trinity, and they don't believe that it that it's possible or it can be. But you have Jesus that has asked John to to be baptized of him. You have the dove in the form of the Holy Spirit, and then you have the mighty voice of God speaking down from heaven. So all three, there at that particular time. Uh, another thing that I want to reference and get Acts chapter 7. When, when again do we remember seeing the heavens were open unto him? Or open. Uh, you remember when they were stoning Stephen. Look at that. But he being full of the Holy Ghost. Look at that too. Looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. So the Holy Spirit made something miraculous happen there again. Can you imagine being those rocks thrown at you and being stoned? And then all of a sudden, in the midst of all of that, the heavens are opened up so that you can look up and see. And here we find Stephen seeing the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. So, something great once again has taken place when the heavens were opened up and a man that's full of the Holy Ghost here. So, we find that John is bearing record. Let's go over to put John chapter 1, verse 33 and uh, through 34. John the Baptist bears record that he too beheld. Uh, the descending of the Spirit. Once again, I don't know how many people could see up into heaven. I didn't know how many people could see the dove coming down. I I believe that everyone could hear the voice of God. I think they could see most of everything that's going on here. But John says... In John chapter 1, I knew Him not, but He that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on Him, the same as He which baptized with the Holy Ghost. And verse 34, And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. So, I mentioned a little bit earlier the strange phrasing. Why would John say, "And I knew him not"? How could John not know him? Well, the thing that John is really saying here: "I knew him not till he came to be baptized." That sounds surprising. How they were just so nearly, they were related. It's remarkable, but from the conception and birth. All of that moving on to this baptism, it's just like you having brothers and sisters in your family and you all move away from each other and live in a different part of the United States, another state far away. It's not that you don't know them, but you don't have that real everyday eye-to-eye conversation type of thing going on all the time. A lot of things happen. You catch up when you talk to, to them again of what's been going on. So, there is a distance here uh, that has been between uh, this time of uh, John here. He lived like 90 or more miles from Nazareth. And he was spent most of his time living as a hermit in the deserts of Judea. So that's why we see that particular phrase of knowing, knowing him. Now, What else does John say? I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. So he saw it. What did he see? He saw the Spirit descending. He saw it abiding on Jesus. He saw all of that. And so it was a testimony to him from that time on. Like I said, these things would happen So that people could see and realize that something great has taken place, a testimony to that, that that has happened in, in this person's particular life. And in this case, it is Jesus. Now, look what Luke says to us in Luke chapter 3 and verse number 22. He says, And the Holy Ghost descended in bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, and Thee I am well pleased. So that's two real great witnesses there. Not only do we have the, the, holy, the dove is descending and landing right there on Christ, but we have that mighty voice of God saying, you all better pay attention, this is my beloved Son. And this is one who I am well pleased. And you know, Jesus, all the rest of His time uh, on the ministry here on the earth, He did His Father's will. He was always talking about, I'm here to do My Father's will. Not My will, but Thine be done. He teached the disciples to pray in the Father's will. He, all of these things were very important to Jesus. How much more should they be important to us? We have to catch ourselves many times and realizing we are not here trying to do something in our will because many times our will will want to do something contrary to what the Lord's will is. But we should strive to say, I want to be in the Lord's will today. I want to do what You want me to do today. And that's why that work of the Holy Spirit is so great. What does the Bible say? It will lead us, it will guide us into all truth. So it's very important that we realize how, how the Holy Spirit helps us. I don't know what I would do without Him. He corrects us. He keeps us in line. He lets us know that we're His children. Just, it just goes over and on and on and on. So this was a very important uh, thing that we're seeing here in the Scriptures. So the Holy Ghost descended in that bodily shape like a dove upon Him, and that voice came down from heaven. Let's talk about that in bodily form. Because the, the gift of the supernatural power, the wisdom that the Holy Spirit brings to us, uh, helps us. Uh, we're not perfect by no means, but we should strive to live a, a perfect life, a, a godly life, and the Holy Spirit helps us do that. It helps us with purity. It helps us and it does it in a gentle way. And the dove, of course, is that symbol of purity. It is a symbol of gentleness. It is a symbol that we should realize that uh, it is a, a humble symbol. You remember the Bible says about being harmless as doves? Where does it say that? Matthew ten sixteen. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents, and what? Harmless as doves. So there is, a, there is something that, that the Lord is trying to get across to us there. He's trying to let us know what kind of characters we should be what kind of Christians we should be. He doesn't expect us to be those things before we get saved. You remember before you were saved. You'd say and do anything to people many times. But after we're saved, we should have a way within us that the Lord puts within us that is different than it used to be. Old things are passed away and all things are become new. We are what? New creatures in Christ. Amen? That means something. It doesn't mean that after we get saved, let's just go on and keep doing what we've been doing. Now, the old nature may want to try to do that, but He puts that new nature within us. But we have to feed it spiritually. We have to realize the Lord wants to use us. We have to be usable of the Lord. We have to do our part as we walk as a Christian so when we read this particular Scripture here and we're taught what manner of spirit that we should be. Uh, go back to Matthew chapter 3. Look at verse number 16 again. When Jesus, when He was baptized. So we conclude here that I think before we saw the dove, form of the dove come down, that Jesus went down into the water and He was baptized. And then we see that sign coming upon Him so that others could see that. And the heavens opened up to Him. All of these things taking place. So, Jesus, and we're going to find out, just as soon as this has taken place, something else will take place. And I... I'll, I'll try not to get ahead of myself, but I want to touch on that, uh, that we need to realize things will happen in our life, and you know it too, once you got saved, the devil didn't give up on you. He didn't say, well, I'm, you know, of course he can't have you. You're a child of God, but he certainly can make your life miserable. He'll do everything that he can to do that. And keep you from being effective to reaching others for Christ. But we go back to to Jesus here and 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 I want to touch on this just a little bit because I think it's important that we realize that Jesus when he came fully out of the water these things took place the heavens opened up to him so uh, the dove flying down coming down lighting upon the Lord and Luke Luke emphasized that as well you know can you imagine if, I don't know how many people standing around saw it. I don't know how, how many others witnessed it. But you just think if it was you standing there that day. And you saw a dove come down from out of heaven, out of the sky, and light upon you. You, you thought, well, boy, that, that was a strange thing. I mean, I've seen, I've seen the birds flying around, but man, it, that thing just came right down and on, right on Jesus' head. I guess yeah, and so probably some of them probably wrote it off as just a curious incident that took place. But I guarantee you, when they heard that voice from heaven, that they knew something else was, was going on. You know, it's kind of like how many times do people do, who have knew you before you got saved, and after you got saved, they you tried to tell them that you've been saved. There's been changes. They, they may have invited you somewhere to go somewhere like you used to go or do something that you used to do. Well, I really don't do that no more. I don't feel comfortable doing that no more. I'm living a different life as a Christian now. And they probably thought, well, I don't know about that. I don't believe that. But the more they watch you, the more they realize, hey, there is a difference in this person. And so... The more that people thought about this incident, the more they saw what had taken place. I'm sure a lot of talk was about it. But this this thing was certainly more than some curious incident that had taken place. To Jesus, to John the Baptist, it was a sign. It was a sign of a spiritual blessing. And not that Jesus needed a spiritual blessing by no means. But then once again, now remember, Jesus is the Son of God, but while He's on earth, He's what? The Son of Man. So that's why Jesus thirsted, He hungered, He he wept, He done all these things that humans do when He was on this earth. And so these things that, that are taking place around Jesus are things that people need to see. They need to realize, hey, I can relate to Him. These things happening to Him, and and they happen to me, and I can relate to that. That's why we can't go out of here as Christians with our heads up in the sky thinking, well, you know, I'm holier than you are, and I'm on my way to heaven, and don't you talk to me, and don't you bother me, because you ain't nothing but a sinner. (laughs) We're sinners saved by the grace of God is all we are, and we need to remember that every day. And we'll never reach anybody with that type of attitude. So Jesus was that type of individual that the people could relate to. So this was a spiritual blessing. The dove is a member of the pigeon tribe. It's chosen because of a symbol of deliverance. Danny touched on this last week. Genesis 8.8. Also, He sent forth a dove from Him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. So it is a symbol of deliverance. They were about to be delivered from that. They had been delivered from the flood. Now they were about to get out of the ark. So all of this speaks of that. Leviticus 5.7, all the way back there in the Old Testament, the dove speaks of purity. Purity. And if he's not able to bring a lamb, then he should bring for his trespass, which he hath committed two turtle doves or two young pigeons unto the Lord, one for a sin offering, the other for a burnt offering. So that was that speaking of purity, to be made pure. The dove speaks of being harmless. And I already shared that Scripture of Matthew ten sixteen. I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents, and harmless as does. Do you realize today that we're sent forth in this world and there's a lot of wolves around us? There's a lot of people that want to do some harmful things and hurt things and a lot of evil people out in this world, aren't they? For sure. And the Lord's not saying, well, you go to your church and you get fed and then you go home and you close your door in your home and you just stay there. And just keep that routine up until Jesus comes. (laughs) I guarantee you're going to leave your house to go get gas and food and groceries and all the other things you're doing. So if you're going to do those things, you're going to be out in the world where these wolves are. Why not be effective Christians while we're out there? Amen? Why not let your light shine and let people see a difference? So that's what he's saying. As you go forth here, remember, I'm going to be there to protect you. The Holy Spirit's going to actually give you words to say and things to say. And as you go along this path, as sheep in the midst of wolves, the disciples, they certainly fell in that category. They would be surrounded by hungry, raging wolves. And then he says, wise as serpents. The idea of the serpent is symbolizing wisdom. Uh, you remember in Genesis 3 of talked about he was a more subtle than any beast of the field. So the, the serpent is, is a wise individual. We're, we're not too uh, excited. I don't know too many people that are excited about snakes. Why? Because they, they'll bite you in a minute. <laughs> and, and just when you think you can handle them or, or, or take care of them, you fool around with them long enough, they're going to get you. So for the most part, it appears in the Scripture that we are to overcome the wolves. We are to be overcomers. And we are to do it in a wise way. Now, the harmless as doves part means that we are to be uh, sincere and guileless. In other words, don't let people look at your Christian life and say, boy, there's a lot wrong coming out of your mouth. There's a lot wrong in your actions. There's a lot of things that you're doing that I don't, I don't understand. I thought, you know, a child of God. And that doesn't make us perfect because we're children of God. But we should strive to be that way. So the Greek indicates that it is, it is a harmless character. We shouldn't go out in the world with bad motives. But we are to be uh, guileless. As a disciple, I, I was that that word, uh, uh, you know, puzzled me as I studied the lesson. First Peter two, chapter twenty, uh, verse twenty one through twenty three. For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us. Now look, leaving us an example that we should do what? Just read about it and go on? No, we should follow in his steps. And following in his steps mean who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was revealed, revealed not again, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Goes back to God's will. Jesus was all about doing God's will. Could he have done a lot of things to get back at people? (laughs) You better believe it. He could have just spoke the Word. He could have just made a motion and, and, and taken care of people on this earth that did Him wrong. Remember when they came to get Him in the garden and Jesus spoke and they just fell back? <laughs> That's the kind of power that He had. And He could have done that anytime. Anybody that done Him wrong. But He showed us an example. We don't have the power to do anything like that. Thank God we don't. (laughs) As as humans, I don't know what we do to people sometimes. But we need to watch our mouth. The guile does not need to come out of there to try to go against people and threaten people and do the things that we uh, humanly want to do sometimes. So it is very important. Now... Go back to Matthew chapter 3 and look at verse number 13, 14, 15. We'll get that back up there again. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee unto Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. John forbade him, saying, I need to be baptized of thee. Comest thou to me? And Jesus answering and said unto him, Suffer it be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. Now, Christ does not deny that John had need to be baptized of him. He says, listen, I know that I can baptize you, John, but I want you to baptize me. And Once again, it's for people to see and realize. And that, that's really the important thing back here in the, in the baptismal pool. After you've confessed Christ as your Savior, and you come one Sunday morning and say, Pastor, I'd like to be baptized one Sunday. Why do you want to do that? You want to show people that you did mean business with Jesus and that you are His disciple. And so Jesus didn't need to be baptized, certainly not. But well, He needed to show people once again the example to follow. It a, was a, certainly a humble thing for Christ to do. And He looked at it as a part of fulfilling God's will and that's what he did. So the heavens were open to the children of men, the spirit descending upon Christ. All of these things. Think about when that spirit comes in to you and me. The fruit of the spirit, you remember what the Bible says? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. All that list of things. That's what needs to flow out of us as Christians. That's the difference. You don't see that list of things in an unsaved person. But as a child of God, these are the fruits that the Spirit wants to multiply and have in your life. So at Christ's baptism, there was a manifestation, three person, the Trinity, the Father confirming all of those things taking place. Luke 3.22 The Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon Him and a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son whom I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit descending upon Him communicated to the people the thing that's taking place here. And so we need to see that. Now, 1 Peter 2.5 Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. The things that happen to us after we are saved, sometimes we overlook those things. Sometimes we don't think about feeding spiritually on those things. Can you imagine? There's a lot of people that are going to heaven because they're children of God. But there's a lot of people that Christ, God will look at them and say, there's been nothing happened since then. There's been none of these fruits come forth. We are lively stones. We are built up a spiritual house. We are living stones is what that means. We are alive in God. We shouldn't walk in here saying, well, praise the Lord, I'm here at church today. I'm thankful I'm a Christian. (laughs) There's nothing lively about that. But we ought to be excited that we're children of God. Our name is written down. We're built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. That means consecrated to God. And we're offering up our bodies as a living sacrifice day in and day out. My time's running out. Let me quickly finish up this. Just touching on the water thing, we saw where Jesus comes up out of the water. I believe in immersion completely. I believe that if John wanted Jesus to be sprinkled, all he would have had to do was go down through his ankles or his knees. But I believe he got down that way he could go under and come out out of the water. You may not agree with that, but that's how I see it. I believe in immersion. All right, John 1.32. John, I bear record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode upon Him. Then, after this great event, After the sign of the Holy Spirit, look what happened in the very next chapter. Chapter 4, verse 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be what? Tempted of the devil. Right after this miraculous event, this glorious evidence of the Father's love, He's completely armed for combat. Just like you and I are. We give our hearts to Christ. The Holy Spirit comes in. But guess what else? The temptations from the devil begin. I mean, he's going to try his best. That's when we rely on what we have received. And that's the Holy Spirit within us to guide us and help us. So, Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost being led by the Spirit up into the wilderness, and He's going to be tempted of the devil. The Spirit of God descended upon Him. It anointed Him. It filled Him. It showed people who He was. As far as His public ministry, as far as from a human standpoint on the earth, And I believe today we need to realize we are going to go through a series. That's what Jesus, you follow it in the Bible, right from that point on. I did not have time to to get it all down today. But it was like temptation after temptation after temptation. It was like eight or ten references on through the Bible from that point on. Strong temptations to the Son of God. You can imagine those things are going to happen to us. You try to, to make a demand that I'm going to live for you, God. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to show people that I'm a child of God. As soon as you make that statement, the devil heard you make it too. And he's going to do everything he can to keep you from doing that. So be, beware of that, but rely on the Holy Spirit to help you. He'll be there with you. Amen. I will never leave thee, Jesus said, or forsake you. So a great reference, I think, in the Word of God once again of the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. Amen. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, visit our website at Buford Road Baptist